Impossible is just a big word thrown around by small men who find it easier to live in the world they've been given than to explore the power that they have to change it. Impossible is not a fact. It's an opinion. Impossible is not a declaration. It's a dare. Impossible is potential. Impossible is temporary. Impossible is nothing. One of my favorite quotes by the greatest, Muhammad Ali. As you know, we lost him a couple days ago. And if you've listened to this podcast months, if not years from now, you'll know right when this podcast was recorded. Because we lost one of the greatest humans that has ever walked the face of the earth. And there's billions of them throughout the history of the world that have. But not all of them get recognized and stand their ground when they are in battle. Because ironically, those are the ones who get remembered. The originals. Those who push the envelope. Those who take what was the rules when they were born and said, this is no more. I don't agree with it. Just because that's what we've always been told doesn't mean that's the way it is and that's not the way it's always going to be. Now, why I find this so fitting is because this leads exactly into what I'm going to talk today about. And that is sales cultures are inefficient and they're not as profitable. There's only two types of cultures today. There's a sales culture and there's a service culture. And yes, there may be splinters of those. But when it comes down to it, those are the only two, except not. There is a third, and it's most important to your client. And so what we are going to discuss today is what is that third culture and why are sales cultures inefficient and not as profitable as the other two. Let's go. So why is the sales culture so inefficient and not as profitable as maybe another type of culture? Well, I start with this by saying, in my opinion, there may be a lot of different cultures that you can create. There's a caring culture, you know, there's a, there's a trust culture, uh, there, there's a lot of different cultures that you can use. But when I talk about in an insurance agency and the type of philosophy and culture we're going to set as far as our business, there's basically three. There's the sales culture, there's a service culture, and there's an experience culture. And I think that the experience culture deserves to sit right next to the sales and to the service culture. I'm going to talk about that in just a second. But before I do, I want to jump back to really talk about why we're doing what we're doing. On September 8th in Chicago, we are going to be having the Grow Laboratory. And this is simply what it is. We're going to invite the best agents, and we've already got started getting a lot of signups with them. And we're going to invite those agents to an area where we can sit down and we can take the best of each agent and create the total customer experience business cycle. From the very beginning of somebody hearing your name to the very end of them buying multiple products from you, referring business, and buying different products from you, that is what the customer experience business cycle is. 
And you may not be the expert at the customer experience business cycle. I'm going to just challenge you and tell you that very few are. There's probably very few out there that even understand that they need to provide an experience. But those that do, and we've invited them to this meeting on June 8th, and we're going to take the best out of each agent and we are going to create a blueprint for the complete customer experience business cycle. It's got to be done. It's the only way that you can separate yourself in this industry. And I have an obligation and other agents have an obligation to share what they do the best. The theme of this is double down on your strengths and forget your weaknesses. We're not going to talk about weaknesses. We're always trying to improve our weaknesses. And what happens is when we try to improve our weaknesses, we neglect our strengths and we constantly are losing the battle. And that folds right into what Muhammad Ali said. And that falls right into line with what we're talking about today with the sales cultures are inefficient and they're not as profitable. So let's start. So as I go around the country and I speak a lot, you guys know this, and I'm talking to even some of my peers that I consider to be holy art thou, and I perceive them to be the masters of what they are doing, and I perceive them to be the people that I want to build my agency after and towards and their philosophies and their cultures. I put the brakes on that because I've really started to think about it. And you know, what's amazing is, is you can hear these experts, you can hear these consultants, you can hear all these quote unquote agents who are think they're actually selling, but they're really not. And then they want to try and tell you what to do. No, and see in my agency, we're selling a lot and we're also doing our best to retain everything we can. And I'm just going to tell you, I'm calling BS See, I'm not cussing. I'm just saying BS. I'm calling BS on a lot of the things that we're being told. Why? Because the things we're being told are based on old business principles. Now, let's start and understand that the basis of business is the same and probably is not going to change. I get that. I understand that. Just like one of the business principles is the cost versus benefit and how someone weighs cost versus benefit in order to make a buying decision or as a business as how you're going to perceive and sell your product or your service. That's probably not going to change. The um, uh, the um, uh, demand, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm having total uh, a brain fart here on this, and I apologize, but there's different types of things in business that's not going to change. But the fundamentals that we build upon those are what's changing. See, supply and demand is not going to change, but what basis of supply and what we base on demand is changing. Cost and benefits, that philosophy is not going to change, but what we base a cost and what we base as importance on the benefit is changing. Used to be that, hey, if you want to get some action or you want to get some profitability or you want to get some new business out of a producer, just pay them more commission. That actually doesn't work anymore, but it has worked for like 50, 60 years. So I want to stop real quick and I want to challenge this because a lot of times this right here, I hear so many agents, they thump their chest, they pop their chin out and they say, we are a sales driven culture. That's us. I tell my staff, we're not a service culture. We're a sales driven culture. Yeah, look at us. And I really thought the same thing too. I'm thinking, yeah, you know, that's what we need to be focused on. It's sales, it's sales, it's sales. And you know what? They're right. It is based on sales. But if you're a sales-driven culture, you're going to lose. 
And what do I mean by that? We all know that we have to grow our business. And the way to grow our business is to cultivate new leads, whether that's for the referrals, whether that's through paid leads, whether that's through advertising, marketing, whatever that could possibly be. But I want to say, and I want to challenge that we're very big hypocrites. Because if I ask you right now, here we go, I'm going to ask you the question, where do you get your biggest source of new business? A lot of you are probably saying referrals. And first of all, go back and listen to Chuck Blondino two years ago, and he will actually prove to you that that's not true. That's not where your biggest source of referrals is coming from. You're not even actually getting as many referrals as you think you are. I'm serious. I know you can call me wrong. Tell me that, yes, that applies to everybody else except you, but I'm willing to bet you have a 90% chance that 90% of you are actually not getting as many referrals as you can because what you're mislabeling as a referral is not a referral. That's another conversation for another time. But here's what I want to say. If you are a sales culture, you are doing nothing but spending your time on cultures. There's only two different things. You can either be a sales culture or you can be a service culture. And I've thrown in there the experience culture, and I'm going to bring that back here in a minute. Now, we can't love and be best and master at both. We've learned that through so many things in our life. Heck, Jesus even said it. You can't love one and you'll hate the other the most. Okay, this is a basic principle of the world. This is like a universal law. So you can't fight it and say that it's wrong. It's the truth. So if you say that if you're a sales culture, then that means that your second most important is a service culture. So if you are a sales culture, that means that you are focused on new business, getting leads, doing everything you can to find the next insured to bring in. So that also means, though, that you're not as focused on your book of business that you have now. I really could kind of sum this up by saying, keep your business small. Now, if you're in the Grow Mastermind, you've heard me talk about this. And so, you know, just kind of hold on a minute because I've got a different spin on it that I want to show to you because this has really been in my mind for the last two to three months because it's one of the reasons I wrote the book. I wrote my book based on customer service just foreplay. It's a modern customer experience that will separate you. And the reason I did was is because I was tired of people telling me that it was just all about social and digital business was all had to do with marketing and advertising. And really, I wrote the book. It still wasn't making sense. I've been trying to write blogs, break it down. And yes, I'm breaking this down for you, but I'm also breaking it down in my own brain. I'm trying to figure out, like, what is the message I'm trying to get through? And this is it. When you're a sales-driven culture, you're unprofitable and you're not as efficient as other types of cultures. It's actually probably one of the worst cultures for you. Most of your day is spent trying to chase new business that you probably have a 30 to 50% chance of writing. We'll say 50% chance of writing. Let's say you have a 50% closing ratio. Pretty high. Now you're probably saying, well, I actually close higher than that. Well, that's probably true, but that means you're probably not a sales-driven culture. Just hold on. Sit back. So if you are chasing that 50%, Okay, chasing that 50%. And then on the and on the back side, you're totally neglecting the people who got you where you are. So you're probably slowly losing a percent or maybe a half a percent of retention because you're focused on being sales driven. I don't know exactly the stat, but I was at a meeting and they said if, if you're a million dollar revenue agency and you have a 92% retention versus an 88% retention, that's a difference of about $100,000 every percent over 10 year span. I mean, that's huge money, folks. That's, that's absolutely huge money. So there is a difference. And so when you're focused on sales and your, your customer base, your retention is feeling neglected and they're going to find somebody else who's going to pay attention to them. But what if we were an experienced culture? 
Well, here's what happens. When you're experience-driven culture, what you do is, is you forget about trying to go get the new business. You understand still that that is a main factor in your business and you have to get it, right? Well, don't focus on that and you'll get it. It's funny. Sometimes watch what you ask for and you just might get it. You know, ask for the sales, but focus on the people that got you where you are. So here's what happens. When I start focusing on the people that got me where I am and I keep my business small and I stay focused on them, what happens is is I slowly start to drive my retention up. And by the stats I just gave you, I start to make more money. But where I really start to make more money is people that are inside of my business, that are inside of my experience that I'm creating for them, start to go tell other people. Now, really think about this. Do you create an experience in your office right now? Do you? Do you think that like this experience that your customer goes through from A to Z is like a pretty good experience, right? Okay, you probably are right. But here's the deal. How do people outside of that experience know what that experience is like? How how do they know? If they're not in the experience and they're not experiencing it, they don't know the experience that you're trying to use to separate yourself. The only way you can do it is get those who are experiencing it to tell other people. When you're chasing new business because you're a sales-driven culture, you're losing people out the back door. Those are not the type of people that are going to talk about an experience that they're wanting to leave. But when you focus in on them and you create a customer experience culture and you get your staff to understand that every step of the process they go through has to be different, has to be separating, has to be of their concern, has to be on their timeline, has to be with the tools that they need, has to be with the services they need. Because see, we say customer service is just foreplay, but really it's just a bunch of services added up to one big experience. But here's the key. It has to be consistent services. The services have to be consistently given so that the customer knows what to expect, which is the enhancement of the customer experience. So when I go chase new business, I have a 50% chance of writing people that I'm chasing all day. I'm losing business out the back end. But in the meantime, if I actually focus on the people that I actually have, my retention starts to go up. They're so excited. They start going and telling the whole world and I start getting new business. And keep in mind, that new business that I start getting because people are referring, usually around 70, 80, 90% closing ratio. So I just gave you facts. I just gave you facts as to why a sales-driven culture is actually the most inefficient and the most unprofitable of the three. So now what I want you to do is I want you to reach out to Jason at growprogram.com, Jason at growprogram.com and tell me if I'm wrong. Or go to the bottom of this podcast if you're listening to it on iTunes or on Stitcher. You can't do that or Google Play. But what you can is if you're on the website and you can go to our podcast, click on the podcast and you can leave a note. But it doesn't matter one way or another. I want your feedback. Jason at growprogram.com. Am I wrong or am I right? Have you ever thought about it that way? See, what really warmed me up to this was number one, as I told you, I've been thinking about this for a while. But I, I just got done helping write an ebook for Vertifor. Vertifor has put together a uh, book and it's based around customer experience. It's a very, I think it's like 25 or 26 page ebook. And folks, I got to tell you, sometimes these companies and these vendors, like when you read their stuff, you're like, what the heck, you know? Well, Vertifor went to an outside firm. So this firm understands insurance, but they're not in the insurance space. They understand the basic principles of business and the way that it needs to be ran today, but they're not in the insurance 
space, and they brought it together with some Vertifor All-Stars inside Vertifor, and they also picked some agents outside, and we brought all that information together to create this ebook. And as we were doing this ebook, this is where the facts flew in. See, I knew about keeping my business small. I knew about focusing on them, but I couldn't put it together. But when you put facts behind it, anybody who tells you they're a sales-driven culture, it's not a bad thing. It's not. But I will tell you this, if you're an experience-driven culture, you're more efficient and you're more profitable. And to be honest with you, probably having more fun at the same time. So I hope that you like that. Once again, Jason at growprogram.com. Please let me know. I want to let you know that we have, I'm probably going to tear up his name and I apologize, Jeremiah, but we're going to be having on this show here, Jeremiah DeMarais. Uh, I, I'm sorry if I said it wrong, and, I, and he's going to slap me when he comes on. He is uh, a TED Talk speaker. He's on CNN. He is a very well-known person, and he's part of the insurance industry. It's about five, I think, $10,000 a month to be in this guy's mastermind, and I just wanted to bring him on, and he's going to be coming on soon. I also am going to be doing a podcast here with Chuck Blondino, where we're going to be bringing him back two years later to go over the results of the study that he does on agencies that is mind-blowing. Just as a little heads up, if this is the first time to your podcast, uh, two years ago, back in uh, January of 2014, you got to go back and listen to the Chuck Blondino uh, podcast. There's two of them. Mind-blowing stuff. Number one most listened to podcast. We're also going to be bringing on Aaron Nutting of Arizona Wedding Insurance. Go to ArizonaWeddingInsurance.com. Do it right now. Go to ArizonaWeddingInsurance.com and check out and see if this is not the best branding you've ever seen in your life. This woman is doing incredible things. This agent is thinking outside the box. This business owner understands customer experience cycle. This person is absolutely rocking it. And guess what? She's a mother of four. Kudos to you, Aaron. You rock. You rock. And I'm also going to be bringing on... Uh, some guys from Ivan's, uh, and we're going to be talking about some of the stuff you've heard me talk about already because Ivan's has got some stuff rocking and rolling. I was just on the phone with them two days ago talking about some more stuff they're doing, and uh, I said, guys, I got to get you on the podcast. You got to tell other people about this. So I got to get out of here. I got things to do. Got to mow the lawn. Got to uh, clean out the garage. Man, I got some family coming in from Florida, and I was looking at my garage the other day, and I'm thinking, my goodness, boy, have I been working in a lot. I've been neglecting the garage. So I'm going to go do what I love to do. And in the meantime, I hope you got something out of this. And I just want to encourage you to please join us on September 8th at Grow Laboratory. It's only for Grow members. So if you're not a Grow member, you got to go to growprogram.com forward slash free and you got to sign up to be a Grow member. We've already had two people who have signed up to be part of Grow Laboratory and I personally had to call them and tell them that, hey, I'm sorry, this is only for Grow members. Now, I invited them to go be a free Grow member, but neither one of them did, and I, I think they got mad. The only exception outside of that, if you're a Grow member, is if you're personally invited by me. You've got to personally be invited by me. I've already reached out to about four people, the Lemanskis. I'm hoping that they can come. They are big-time hitters, and a couple other people in the industry that uh, I wanted to personally invite, because we're going to create the customer experience business cycle by using the best of each agent, putting them together into a blueprint delivering it to you in a step-by-step strategy in the way that we can unroll it together and then we're going to go on for the next year and in a perfect world we're going to meet back it again in a year and say where are we in that what has changed what can we improve on because we're going to ask you to double down on your strengths forget your weaknesses this has been jason cass of agents influence podcast and i am out (music) 